As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Friends and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week Two Ranks. That's right, we are talking all about the ranks, a little bit about the latest news, getting you prepared for Week Two of your fantasy football leagues. Joining me is Brandon Funston on Twitter, Brandon Funston. I am Chris Welsh. You can find on Twitter at Is It Welsh, and you can go pick up an account, an account, but you can pick up a uh, subscription to the Athletic if you go to theathletic.com and click pretty much anywhere. I think they got the buck a month that's going on right now. You should do it. You know, a great place to start to actually go find our dear friend, Jake Seeley on Twitter at all in kid, find his article post that he has for his week two ranks. Click on that. It'll take you and subscribe to the athletic from there. Then you can get access to waivers. You get access to his ranks. I believe this week is the top 10 wrestling finishers, which was a wild rank list. And Brandon, I know that was you probably loved editing that one, right? For some uh, reason, I feel like that was one you were like, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think the one before that was uh, Transformer. So Jake's been, he has not hit my wheelhouse the last couple weeks uh, with his top 10 list. And I just, I'm like, okay, good. At this point, they're behind me now. I'm just hoping that he'll, he'll you know, get his hooks into me with something that I actually enjoy. Like editing the finishing moves, he could say stuff that's wrong and I would have no idea. So I just, you know. Yeah. I just let it roll. It's like okay. I did have some. Um, I had some thoughts on it. I I'm not a wrestling. Not that I'm against wrestling. I'm just not a wrestling fan anymore. But when I was younger, I used to like really be in, get into wrestling and stuff. I, I will say this. I thought an omission from his just for the wrestling fans listening was he didn't have the simplistic like power bomb. Like, and there are multiple wrestlers that Kevin Nash had the the big power bomb as a top ten finisher. It was pretty wild to me, but you guys can go and check out the list. I think there will be lots of disagreement on that for you wrestling fans, <laughs> but for everybody else, there's some pretty good fantasy football ranks that you guys can go and check out. So get your subscription today over at the, at the athletic. We are going to be also pitting our ranks this week, Brandon and I against Jake. So this will be like almost like a little bit of a breakdown into Jake's ranks, as well as some of our thoughts as we are going to be picking players that we are higher or lower on than Jake's overall. So that is what the ranks are all about. Brandon, let's get right into the show and let's talk about a few of the news and notes because the biggest piece, we actually had to 
bring in a added soundbite to the Tuesday episode of Wa- uh, Waivers, Jake and I, because we talked at length about Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell was the number one waiver running back on Jake's list. We talked about how DeAndre Swift was about at cut level. And then like an hour after the episode was done, I actually got a call from Jake, which by the way, Jake's not my boss or anything like that, but you know those when you don't talk to people at all and then you see someone call and you're like, this is either great news for me or bad news for me. There was nothing in between. I was like, here we go. What is this? Uh, But all it was was to confirm I had saw the news, which I hadn't at the time, that Kenny Gainwell was dicey to play. And just before recording, we found out that Kenneth Gainwell is out for Thursday Night Football. So obviously we don't want to spend a crazy, crazy amount of time on it because this kind of becomes old. But this instantly makes, theoretically, DeAndre Swift more enticing, though I thought last week did. Rashad Penny should also be active. And I don't know if you saw the words as well, Brennan, from Sirianni, who said, Swift will sometimes have the bulk, which was a super frustrating comment. So I don't know if you have any takeaway. It's easy to take Gainwell out, but who's going to be your beneficiary? Will it be Swift, or do you think Penny is going to ruin the plans once again for a swift week. Yeah, you know, I just think that they're intent on mixing and matching all all year long, and Boston Scott could probably be in the mix as well. I'm just curious because Rashad Penny, I believe, is is the best probably peer runner of that group and just just giving him the ball and letting him go. And I'm curious to see if he gets a handful of carries if he can flash and maybe build some momentum and maybe push Kenny Gainwell, who, you know, is a nice versatile back and same as Deandre Swift, nice versatility. But if you wanted, if you wanted that guy that's between the tackles or hit the edge, uh, you know, and just be kind of the main ball carrier, I think Rashad Penny, when he's healthy, I don't think the other guys can, can, can match him. So I'm at least excited for Rashad Penny as a former Seahawk. I have nothing but good things you know, to say about him other than the fact that he can't stay healthy. But if he can stay healthy and he gets the opportunity, I'm very curious to see what he'll do with it. He's always been a very, um, from if you've ever seen the movie Slammin' Salmon, if if uh, ifs and buts was candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. That's always been Penny. Like, if it were to work out, things could be cool. It just never seems too long-term. Here's my problem with this situation, just quickly, is that I just think anybody that says they know what's going to happen is lying. And I don't think you can trust anything. And what's going to stink about that is if you if you actually have options, I can't make that be an option. If you are not given the option and it's like you got running back situations, I got a league where I got to put Swift in. I don't have a choice. So I'm going to either go down with the ship or it's going to work out splendidly. But like, who knows what's going to happen? They Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch in week one, and now he's going to be active for the game. He could have 20 carries. They could give Swift 20 touches. Boston Scott could be everything. You just don't know. Swift is the most talented player and the most fantasy positive player here. But who the hell knows what they're going to do? I don't trust it. So before I go crazy with boosting him up ranks to some wild degree or or anything like that, I just have to make sure I don't have other options. Minnesota is a pretty good matchup. And I think this is going to be a much bigger offensive output for the Eagles. So I'm hopeful about that, as, especially if they get behind it. A shootout, I think, works better in favor for DeAndre Swift. So I'm going to have Swift as the high guy, but don't be surprised when any you know anything can literally happen. I'm only starting these guys if I'm put in a situation where there's not other great viable options. 
Uh, some other uh, notes, injury notes that are going on. Jerry Judy, Judy apparently was close to playing on Sunday, which kind of tells us we're probably going to see him. If active, are you going to feel comfortable with Judy this week, or do you think there's going to be some type of pitch count? How are you going to treat him if active? No, I think I'll. I think I will. You know, he's going to definitely be in my startable range uh, if he's active. And I, I just, I've always thought highly of Jerry Judy. And last year, he was about the only guy in that offense that did anything in what was an absolute train wreck. I think he was wide receiver 20, missed a couple games last year as well, but he's super talented. And I think that kind of gets lost or it got lost last year. This guy is a legit stud of a talent and, and was kind of the only one who really jibed with Russell Wilson uh, for the most part last year. And I only expect things to get better with Sean Payton, but I I don't know that he's going to be on on enough of a pitch count. That's going to dissuade me from playing him if he's out there. So if he's out there looking at like consensus ranks, number 36 in uh, the consensus ranks is Jordan Addison in half PPR. Would you rather Judy or Addison? Uh, I think I'd rather have Judy. Yeah, I'm going to hold on. Just slow down for a second while I uh, get my rankings up here so I can actually <laughs> answer you. I, so I can tell you what I what I came up. No, with I love I this. I love really- actually I think we should do like six of them. So then we can look back and you're like, holy crap, I actually yeah. have him behind these four guys. So then you got to rethink your ranks. That's my favorite. Exactly. So what do we come to? Do the ranks agree? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I I thought you were going to throw another one out there. I'm, oh, I'm, I do have another one. OK, good. I'm, I'm going Judy over Addison. I'm, I'm That's my story. I'm sticking to it on that one. I think this is an e- easier one. Jerry Judy or Drake London? Uh, not even a question. I you, look not at even a question. It's it's I mean, if you look at Atlanta and we know that they want to run the ball, but my god, he had one target. They targeted the running backs 9 times. They targeted the entirety of the receiving core, which was only two receivers, and throw in Kyle Pitts, they combined for 8 targets. So Desmond Ritter Threw to the running backs nine times, threw to all the receivers and the tight ends eight times. And like, where do you go from there? How, I mean, how much of a U turn do you have to make for it to actually work out good for Drake London? Yeah, I I have to be proven otherwise. I cannot start him um, until something dramatically changes. So much so, this is going to speak very well. We don't have this in the show and we should speak to it. And it's my fault for not putting it in. But like, Pukunakua is very high in Jake's ranks this week. I believe last, I, I need to pull it back up. I think he's 22, 21, somewhere in there. It doesn't, he's like a wide receiver two on Jake's ranks for the most of them. I luckily had Pukunakua in a couple leagues already. And ironically, two of those leagues, I have Drake London and Nakua. London's hitting the bricks. He's hitting the bricks for Pukunakua. And he, Pukunakua was the number one waiver guy really this week. With a lot of people bemoaning how much he went for, I actually paid up a little bit for him, and I'm doing the pentathlon and um, with uh, Derek Van Riper, and I did about 35%, but people are pissed about the 50%. But you know what? 15 targets, It's I don't see where it's going to change. He has got the trust of Matthew Stafford. He played the cup role. There's no guarantees on cup, and guess what? When cup's back, I still don't think those carry... I don't think those targets are going to disappear. They'll just lower to where maybe he's a wide receiver three. So Pukunakua is someone like hands down, you can start over Drake London this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. You, I said emphatically Jerry Judy over Jordan Addison. Well, I, I just look at my rankings. I go Judy Addison Nakua back to back to oh, back. So I like, I, I have, was going to ask you Nakua versus Judy. Next. Yeah. And I'm going Judy, but it is close. And I, you know, Nakua played a couple of years at the University of Washington. I know the guy. I liked him when he was here, and then he transferred to BYU. But then I watched the entirety of that game last week, and like he, 
it was there was some good defense being played on him. He was making some great catches. You give Matt Stafford some time to throw, he's still got a world class arm. So right now he is he looks like the clear go to guy. But I agree. I think he's going to still have good value even when Cooper Cup comes back because you know look at the the attention is going to roll over to Cooper Cup. You know, and it's not like the Seahawks weren't paying double attention to Kua after he kind of got off to a, a big first start there in that game. So I, I think it's, yeah, it can definitely, we know that he can have two viable options in that Rams receiving core, especially with the way they ran the ball. Yeah. And I think um, a huge advantage this team has is when Cooper cup comes back, you can put Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson on the outside to stretch the field and then put Puka Nakua and Cooper cup uh, in the middle. Yeah. That's going to be a matchup problem overall. Also just with the 49ers, he's going to have less, Time to throw this week with the 49ers all up in his grill. But the 49ers' biggest efficiency is their secondary. So, you know, short line passes will probably work in effect. So I have him as like a almost wide receiver two. Jake has him as a wide receiver two. And this is kind of the range. I think Judy lives in that probably like mid wide receiver three range. He's startable. We gave you guys some options. And you might be forced into a few other things because there are some other wide receiver issues. Christian Watson with the hamstring issue did not practice here on Wednesday as we record this. We also got word that Devontae Adams missed practice. Uh, probably not going to be a big thing on these pop-ups. These older guys get days off, but it's something to monitor. And then this is a weird one. Mike McCarthy said that Brandon Cooks, quote, has a chance to play in week two against the Jets. I didn't know there was a major question to it. So those are three wide receivers that go between wide receiver one, two, and and maybe in the three-ish range for Cooks, that all could be out that push some of these guys like Judy and Pukunakua to be up. So is there anybody that you have, who is the most concerned for you between Watson, Adams, and Cooks? Well, I mean, Adams has the most, you know, potential ramifications. I mean, he's, I mean, I would, you know, that would be the biggest hit to fantasy, but like, you know, I don't know that there's anything you do if Cooks doesn't play, I'd be interested in maybe playing Cooks. He's kind of like a borderline play this week. Um, it's not a great matchup against the Jets, but if he's out, it's not like you're thinking Michael Gallup's the guy that's going to just have the same replacement value. I value Brandon Cooks over Michael Gallup. I mean, I think the thing with the Raiders is, is Jacoby Myers is also in concussion protocol. So, oh my God, Hunter Renfro suddenly could yeah. You know, in a stars aligned world, he could really land in a great spot for this week and be kind of like a one one week wonder until those guys come back. So that's something to watch out for. Boy, it's such a great point. If Hunter Renfro is sitting out on the wire after waivers have run and it's open world, I would just try to pick him up and hold him on the bench because I thought I think I was so impressed by Jacoby Myers, one of the most impressive performances, but he's in concussion protocol. Adam's banged up. You're if one of them is out, Hunter Renfro boosts up. If both of them are out, he's a must start and yeah. you know, he's going to be in that, that bigger territory because they are going to slang the ball. The only other um, injury note, there's going to be plenty of others, but as we're recording, Zach Moss returned as a full practice participant. I personally think that's important because I believe he is going to get the brunt of it this week. They kind of insinuated before the season started that he might be the guy. What did we see in week one? We saw all Deion Jackson. We saw all of him. Well, guess what? I think they're going to do that with Zach Moss and Evan Hall hit the IL. So Zach Moss is one of those guys I would try to also pick up if he happens to be sitting out there in case you have some running back issues. Maybe you missed out on Kyron Williams, uh, Josh Kelly. The other big one, I almost forgot to put this on here as well, is Austin Eckler is still, I think, believe not practicing, also blaming everybody. 
and is questionable for this week. If Eckler is out, Josh Kelly is going to be a top fifteen RB this week. I don't, I don't even know if that's a question. I mean, maybe you disagree. Well, but I mean, I, think I know. He's a top I mean, fifteen. If if there's no Eckler, we got to remember this is now the Kellen Moore offense. The Kellen Moore offense, you know, generated a lot of fantasy points for Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott last year, playing in concert. So Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler, because of the Eckler injury, I mean, they both got a lot of time last week and they both did great, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I prioritize Joshua Kelly over Kenneth Gainwell this week in, in waivers. I, I didn't want any piece of that Philadelphia backfield, but I do want a piece of this Chargers backfield. And I think, you know, Joshua Kelly has some of the, he's like t- Tyler Algier standalone value. I think you got to look at it that way. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. So like, if you miss on like Kelly and Edwards and maybe like and Kyron and then like lower level like Justice Hill, Zach Moss might be a good alternative if you've got some major running back issues, him being a full participant. Also a pretty good matchup against Houston. So just be on the lookout for that. That is a positive. He should be active and good to go. Lots more to monitor coming out of Thursday into Friday. Hopefully we'll have a clear picture. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's talk about some week two ranks. Let's kick it off at quarterback. Brandon, this is you and me versus Jake Seeley. We are battling against his ranks, which you guys can go and check out over at the athletic right now. Those will get adjusted pretty much all throughout like every day. He's just continuously kind of moving. And I mean, once his initial rank is set, the movement is going to become more about injuries or something like that. But these are us pitting up against him with players we either like. I think for the most part, these are players that we like more than Jake for a given week, um, though I do see one that is on the opposite. Let's start at quarterback, and let's start with you versus Jake with who? Uh, let's go to a. I have him ranked five this week. I do not have him you know, leading the quarterbacks again for a second week in a row, but I think what was interesting about the game last week was the game was close the entire way between the Dolphins and the Chargers, and the Chargers, you remember, had maybe one of the worst, if not the worst, run defense in the league last year. But the the Dolphins hardly hardly ran the ball. Uh, most of it, I think, had 10 carries, um, and he led the way for them. But they did not run the ball a ton. Instead, in a close game that was never four points one way or the other, and Miami had the lead sometimes, and the Chargers had the lead sometimes, in a game like that, they let Tua, in his first, you know, in his first game, and we know his injury history, they're like, yeah, you're going to chuck it 45 times. And I just think that's what they're they're here for. They're here to throw the ball. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. it is not hard to get completions to those guys. And so I expect more of the same. And you can't really run the ball on New England anyways. You can't, a lot of years you can't do 
throw or run against them. But last year you could throw on them, and like I expect Miami to, to kind of check and see if you can still do that this year because I don't think they'll have success running the ball against New England. But with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I think you can always have success throwing the ball. So uh, he's my number five uh, quarterback. I think he's probably got maybe 40-plus attempts in him uh, again. And it's kind of the same story with Kirk Cousins. Um, the strength is in their passing game. And Kirk Cousins has been in the Justin Jefferson era, quarterback 7, quarterback 11, and quarterback 11. I have him ranked 14. Jake has him ranked 19. It's like I think it's time to start ranking Kirk Cousins where he lands every year. You know, it's like you can't just rank Kirk Cousins 14 to 19 every week and then at the end of the year, oh, he's 11 or 7 again. You know, it's like – he is a, he's a guy that's going to throw the ball. And the backfield didn't look great. Alexander Madison didn't look great. Again, I think they're leaning in to their studs at the wide receiver. And I think it's going to be their best chance to move the ball against Philadelphia. Because, again, this is another situation like Tua against the Patriots where I just don't expect Minnesota to have much success running the ball against the Eagles. Yeah, and uh, comments on both of these. As far as the ranks go, you're at 5 on Tua. Jake is at 10. I'm a, I'm a little bit in between both of you just kind of looking through this. I personally can't move my top five and I, because I think they all have great matchups and that's um, Patrick Mahomes, Hertz, Lawrence, Allen and Herbert. I mean, Tennessee is just atrocious. So I think those are the top five. Then I think it opens up where you could start to look at volume. You know, Tampa Bay's defense looks good. Justin Fields. That's not a, even if Tampa Bay's offense isn't great, that's not a great matchup. Joe Burrow looked God awful last week. Got Baltimore. There's no given there. And um, uh, and Lamar Jackson has got Cincinnati. So there's no gimmies on any of those. I could play volume with Tua being above, where I feel like I the Jake at 10 probably has Tua as a, like, this is fine, where I think there's room to get up to as possibly as high as six. I wouldn't. I think I can get up to eight. But I don't think I can go any further. I have him at nine at this point. So I'm a little bit closer to Jake's side. But I think my personal perception is closer to you. And I agree, I completely agree with you on Kirk Cousins. I'm actually, where did you say you have him at 14? 14? I have him higher than you oh, okay. this week. So I, I completely agree with you. I think the if the Eagles offensively start routing Minnesota, this is a volume pass from behind situation with the best wide receiver in the NFL, well, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So I completely agree with the big volume play. Yeah, the biggest volume last week was the quarterback who threw against Philadelphia, which was Mac Jones, and it turned into a yep. a quarterback two for the week. So we're just following the same narrative with Cousins here. That That's exactly right. My biggest battle against Jake here, and this is the biggest between, I think, any of, like from a numerical standpoint, is I am big team Derek Carr this week, and he is not. I have Derek Carr at 13 on my list. He has him at 21. If we're looking at consensus ranks here, let's see. Uh, Derek Carr is much closer to Jake. He's at 20, but I love this matchup. I don't love the running game situation with New Orleans is still dicey. Obviously, you have Jamal Williams, but there's no Kamara. Kendra Miller might still be inactive. But what did we see? We saw some vintage Derek Carrigan. I think he got to, was it 300 yards and just barely over 30 attempts going up against a poor Carolina team. Chris Olave, absolutely burning. Might stretch it out some more um, with uh, with uh, Rashid Shahid, which was a great video. I think Derek Carr and them are going to be slanging this ball in a divisional game. 
And even when he wasn't putting up huge volume pass attempts, he was still getting there because you got explosive weapons. Like Carolina's not going to be covering. I think a horn is out as well. I love Derek Carr this week. And Jake does not, I don't know, and either does the consensus ranks. This is probably my best like guy that can be a quarterback one this week is Derek Carr. But uh, what say you? What What's his consensus rank? 20. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm kind of in a, in a Tua situation where you were between between the two. I'm at 18, so I'm ahead of the consensus rank. Um, and I just, I think what we're looking at is Atlanta didn't have, I mean, they didn't throw the ball at all against Carolina, so we don't really know. But um, I agree that Derek Carr looked very good last week. I like his weapons, and I can certainly see the upside play here. Like I said, I'm sort of in the middle on that, but, um, you know, I can see I can see the path to him pushing QB1 this week. 305 yards on 33 attempts, 23 of 33. Derek Carr is going to be in a situation where he is going to slang, slang, slang. So I think this might be a 40-attempt game. This might be 350 yards. Maybe I'll be way off, but I am way higher than Jenks. So that's where we end up breaking uh, as far as Jake's ranks go. Going over to running back, Brandon versus Jake. We've got three. Uh, let's go a little step-by-step on these real quick. Okay. Miles Sanders comes in as the first one. Jake has him as barely an RB2 at 24, where you have him almost as an RB1. That's how I was last week with Miles Sanders. I hated how they were bringing kind of him in and out, doing this whole no-volume workhorse touch thing. It really, really was frustrating. They also hilariously brought in Tariq Cohen uh, for whatever reason, hopefully for special teams. But I love Miles Sanders on this team. I think he's the primary guy. So talk to me about this, not, but it's not a great matchup. So talk to me about what got him to almost be an RB1 for you. It's not a terrible matchup. It's a, the people, it's one of the weaker spots. I mean, New Orleans does not have the defensive line that they've had in recent years. It started to wither, and even Tennessee, even in a win last week for the Saints, they gave up 4.7 yards per carry last week to the Titans. Um, and I just look at what do you want in fantasy from your running back from anybody is volume. And, and yeah, Chuba Hubbard came in, and I think he had 11 touches, but you got 22 touches from Miles Sanders, four catches, almost a hundred yards from scrimmage. The only thing he didn't have was a touchdown, but like, I just love the volume. I'm happy with the volume. They said he'd be a feature guy. He was. And I think what we're going to see, because you have complete turnover at every skill position in Carolina is you're going to see them leaning on the run, especially with the rookie quarterback and a bunch of, you know, and a bunch of question marks at wide receiver. I think you're just going to see them lean on the run. I think you're going to see them lean on the run this week against New Orleans. And again, I think New Orleans is a little bit overrated as a run defense at this point. You and I are very close in running backs this week, as I also am at 14. and half PPR, I have Miles Sanders at 14. I've also got the next guy where you and I are much closer, Ramondre Stevenson. Jake has him outside of an RB1 which I guess you could you could go with because of Ezekiel Elliott's run, and I know Stevenson was sick, but just how much we didn't see out of him. You've got him as a top 10 guy, though. you got him at number 9. So this is 9 versus 14. These are tier differences in RBs. So yeah. how, do you, how do you beat Jake in this one? Yeah, well, you know, Stevenson was sick, as you said. He still had, I think, the second most snaps among all running backs. 
And now he's a week removed from that. Uh, he was heavily involved in the passing game. Didn't put up great rushing numbers, but you're facing a Miami team that the Chargers, Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly, were they both top 10 this last week? Uh, at the, I mean, they put up huge numbers. So um, I love the matchup. Yeah, Josh Kelly put up 91 yards and a touchdown. And then you got Austin Eckler put up 117 yards and a touchdown. That's just on the ground, not counting what they did through the air. They were both top 10 running backs from the same team going against this Miami defense. I just think we're going to see a lot better out of Ramondre Stevenson this week. Yeah, and again, we are pretty copacetic on all of those. By the way, I'm looking as far as scoring Kelly what in half PPR was the 10th. Yeah, and Eckler was two. So they, yeah, you were 100% right. They were both top, top 10 in scoring this week. Uh, I've got, I'm a little behind you. I've got him at a, at 11, but I am closer to you than it is Jake. And then the final one, this is another funny one because this is a, you are way lower than Jake is on Raheem Mostert. And I'm with you. I actually have Mostert at 28. You have him at 27. Jake comes in at 18. So you and I are almost lockstep on running backs this week. I don't know how you watched that game last week and what, how Raheem Mostert and that's this offense was used and think that you go into Miami and what's going to kind of lead the way is Raheem Mostert against the Patriots. I mean, Patriots are legit good run defense. We saw that. Yes. We saw that last week. We saw that all last year. I mean, we've seen this for years now, but again, I don't think the MO of Mike McDaniel is going to be to lean on that backfield, especially right now when it's kind of lean, you know, you have Mostert. If something happens to Mostert, you suddenly get into a, a pretty sticky situation. So I think they're going to use Moster in the in spots, but I think you got guys in Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill that you can use as a de facto run game. Those are the kind of guys you can throw bubble screens and do things with them that kind of work in the way of a run without having to do the run. And honestly, that's how you I think you have to attack this Patriots defense anyways. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I just look at that that matchup with the Patriots, and I just don't see where it's like, oh, Mostert has volume play. I, I know we're like repeating the same <laughs> words, but it's just important to understand. Mostert has the ability to break one away. I will never take that away. You could screen pass to Mostert, or you could get an outside. He breaks a block, and he goes 70. But I don't believe this team is going to be in a position that they're giving him 20-plus carries. I also just think it is less likely for him to have high average yards per carry. So it happens over time. It's just not a bet that I would make. And I think the Patriots will actually be kind of competitive against the Dolphins defense. And if this becomes a shootout, you may have a, a, the ability to want to control the clock a little bit. 
But I think all of that's going to be done throwing the ball. I think they are better set throwing screen passes to Waddle and Hill than they are running three or four yard outs outside the tackle with Raheem Mostert. And I think you get that clock burning magic done on the wide receivers. I just don't see, I don't see top 20 upside with Mostert. It's possibility with a breakout one. So I'm with you. I'm behind. Here's my play. My play is riskier this week. I've got Gus Edwards at 25 where Jake has him at 31. Obviously, uh, Justice Hill is someone to consider. I believe in the ranks article, Justin Justice Hill is uh, signified as a sleeper to pay attention to for this week. Obviously, he scored touchdowns. This is going to be dirty. This is going to be messy. Melvin Gordon's going to come in. They Harbaugh views them all as starters, but I think Gus Edwards is still the volume guy. Where does this not work out? Well, if the receiving back is Melvin Gordon, if the goal line back is Justice Hill, that's not great but it's still the volume play with Gus Edwards. The matchup is relatively favorable. Uh, Bengals gave up a bunch of rushing yards last week. I think Gus Edwards is the guy with the most carries. I think he can break one away. Could be wrong. It could be a 40-30-30 split, and that's going to be super annoying. But I'm going to go on and say that Gus Edwards is a player that I think can definitely be flex eligible. He is still that with Jake but it's not to a big degree. I feel like this will be the one that you kind of don't agree with me on because I think this is a big unknown for the week. Yeah, it's an unknown. I'm looking at Gus Edwards, and I have him ranked 30th, so I'm only one spot ahead of of Jake. I'm not where you're at, but I will never have Justice Hill as a sleeper. Like, he's in his fourth season. Like, Baltimore's had so many ample opportunities for a running back to step up in that backfield. Justice Hill last week had eight carries for nine yards and two touchdowns. He he matched his career total in touchdowns. Gus Edwards hasn't been terrible at the goal line. I don't know why he wouldn't be the guy. I don't think there's anything in the pedigree or in the history that says that Justice Hill is now the goal line back. I think that's easily Agreed. up in the air. So like I would expect I would I would expect the odds to be just as good for Gus Edwards to score this week as they are for Justice Hill. If maybe not more so, because I agree with you. I think he's going to touch the ball more than Justice Hill does. I just think Justice Hill is is just replacement level fodder. They just happens to have hung around in Baltimore for three years doing very little, you know. And and it's and unfortunately, I got the most of him on waivers <laughs> this week because of just the amount of where I was on a claim. Uh, I have some leagues where it's not fab, and then you know I was I missed out Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards in my pentathlon league, which I think I've mentioned this before. It's like. You know, normal league, best ball. It's like five different things you're going mm-hmm. at. Uh, Gus Edwards went for more than Puka Nakua oh, on waivers, man. which was like, whoa. But someone really must have needed that running back spot. Um, but I will say my real sleep, like sleeper sleeper, is Zach Moss this week. I think if, with Zach Moss inching towards being active, this is going to be a guy that I think is, I have no idea where Jake has him. It's too early because, you know, we haven't, literally the, him being active in practice is like within the last hour of us recording this. So it hasn't been <laughs> adjusted. Uh, let's talk about the wide receiver ranks. Brandon Funson versus Jake Seeley. We've got three here. These are all you higher than where Jake has them. And I particularly love one of these. Not that I don't love them all, but I like one of these a lot. But the number one here is a wide receiver that you have as a mid wide receiver to Jake has is a mid wide receiver three. So the tier change is different. 
to Mari Cooper going up against what was a god-awful Pittsburgh defense. And I think that's probably going to play a big role in your decision here because I agree. And as um, my buddy Scott Bogman says, Patrick Peterson might be the worst corner in the NFL. And that's a guy that is going to be locked up with Amari Cooper this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh always has a good defense under Mike Tomlin, but their they're clear weakness and not every part of that defense is always good under Mike Tomlin. And right now that secondary is is definitely their Achilles heel. And we saw that with San Francisco, uh, just Brock Purdy coming back from the Tommy John surgery and eating them alive. Um, but I just think Amari Cooper, he had a bad week one. You know what? But you look at his four games down the stretch with Deshaun Watson last year, it wasn't all bad. He was the wide receiver eight last year. He spent years with multiple with different teams. Like I think it's his, he's on his fourth team now. But he's been a top 20 guy year in and year out. He's not that old. He is the number one guy here. I think we just got to wipe away last week as it was week one. It was a little bit tougher matchup. This is a lot better matchup for him. And I just think we're going to see Watson and Cooper get online because I'm not worried that Donovan Peoples-Jones or, or Elijah Moore are, are, you know, kind of chomping at the heels of Amari Cooper's alpha dog role there. He's still the most talented guy there. And I would expect that to bubble up this week against a, a, in a matchup that he can obviously take advantage of. I buy this one. I'm a little bit of an Elijah Moore guy this week, but well, I'm just I in think general. Like, I, certainly, you can have both guys be good, but I would not say you know you're not going to bet that Elijah Moore is going to outdo Amari Cooper for this season. No, yeah. I, I have, a, and I'll say I have Amari Cooper at 21, so I'm right behind okay. you. So I am again. This is another instance. I am more with you than uh, on Jake in this situation. The one that I really liked that you put on here was Kendrick Bourne going up against Miami this week. Jake has him at, down at like 49, but you've got him almost as a wide receiver three in a flex spot. He's going to, I mean, if, if the dolphins are up and the Patriots are put in a situation where they have to throw the ball more, I think in the red zone, you're looking back at like Hunter Harvey and maybe Gasicki and stuff, but Kendrick Bourne might be a guy that sees 10 targets this week, especially if you're playing from behind. So I like this option. You have him at 38 versus 49 with Jake. So let's hear it. Yeah. Well, I just think, he could be the Jacoby Myers of this team this year. Like that's in play. We've, you know, at first I thought that was Juju Smith Schuster, but now, you know, you hear all the talk that his knee is a ticking time bomb. It's basically a non-factor in week one. You got um, Tyron Thornton and, um, and Devonte Parker are not healthy. Like Kendrick Bourne had 11 targets. We follow the volume and there was a lot of it last week, and a, and a lot of it went to Kendrick Bourne and a couple of touchdowns. But I, I don't think this is a necessarily a week one fluke. Maybe the two touchdowns, but like getting the lead among all their receivers and targets, I think that's going to happen a lot for Kendrick Bourne this year. And, and like I said, I think he can be Jacoby Myers. Like, what was that? That was a kind of a regular wide receiver three. I'm not even ranking him as a wide receiver three this week. I'm ranking him at wide receiver 38. But Jake has him at 49. That's that's kind of too dismissive to me for what he did in week one and what the potential is this week against Miami. So here's the only problem because I'm with you on this. I'm, I'm kind of split in between you guys. I'm curious, who do you have like right behind him? Because the only tough thing when I look at like the guys in the general space is him versus Nico Collins, him versus Romeo Dobbs with Christian Watson still banged up him versus even Zay Jones. We uh, going up against Kansas city. There's some really good matchups. It's it's not about perception. It's more about actual like physical ranking and like having him definitively over any of those guys that I just mentioned. Or if you want to keep pushing it, you know, like 
how far out are you on Christian Kirk? And you want to say definitely over Christian Kirk. So I was just curious, like who are like the I'm definitely know, over Christian Kirk. Right I have Christian him. Kirk at 50 right now. Um, yeah, just way yeah, down. He played like it. But I, I just just to give you kind of a quick uh, synopsis here, I got our, our snapshot. Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis, Drake London, I have at 41. Nico Collins, Elijah mm-hmm. Moore, Marquise Brown, Romeo Dobbs, Zay Jones. So between 38 and 46, I have pretty much all those guys you just mentioned. So they're right there in the Kind of like a tier. Yeah, it's, it's like a yeah. tier. So like I, I get it, but... Right now, I'm leaning into the momentum of Kendrick Bourne. Well, you mentioned one of the guys, the last one, which is a huge rank differential. And it's actually funny because I think in Jake, I'm going to speak for Jake here. Be like, yeah, that's my Jake impression. His version of Christian Kirk is Kadarius Tony. He has him at 60 overall. You have him at 39. So I feel like that is Jake's being like, nope, he had the worst performance of a wide receiver ever. Uh, there's no reason to rank him high, yet you have him as almost a wide receiver three in what really has the makings of a big shootout coming up well against the Jags. Yeah. I look at what happened last week and I'm almost like, what if he hadn't dropped those passes, which is not, I mean, he caught 16 to 20 passes last year. He's always hurt, but when he was on the field, he catches typically catches the balls thrown to him. So I don't think that this is somebody, something that we have to say, as this is, this is going to be a reoccurring thing for him now. And even Andy Reid has said that, and they said they're going to get him going. But if he had caught passes, there was potential big gainers in those, in those plays. And I looked at that as like, there was some, there was some room. There was some upside there in that, in, in, in that game. So I look, Jake has Mahomes as quarterback three. He has Travis Kelsey as his tight end one, but he doesn't have, I think every other one of like the Kansas city receivers, there's nobody higher than 47. Like, I don't see how that really mm. is going to work out. I'm going to back Kadarius Tony being the number one wide receiver in this offense. So if I do that, I don't think it's egregious to say that the number one wide receiver is going to be wide receiver 39, especially with Travis Kelsey coming in there and causing, you know, the distraction and the attention that he does as a, as a magnet for the defense to kind of help, some of those other guys with their, the room, the Rome. Yeah. I'm kind of a masochist in that. Like, I think this might be the sky more get right situation. You know, I mean, I think one of the, the number one first looks was sky more. Um, every single time if you watch that game, every single time Mahomes dropped back and looked like he looked at sky more and checked off of him that I have this feeling that you might try to make that right this week. But at the same time, you could try to make it right with Kadarius Tony. At the same time, he um, could be checking just, him and wasn't open. <laughs> yeah, and he just might not have got any separation. So so that's the problem I have just with the Chiefs in general. But you're right. Like, if you're going to have him as a top three, you probably need to find somebody. And the outlier for you is Kadarius Tony. The One of the bigger outliers for me, I just love him this week because I also refuse to believe we're going to have back-to-back bad weeks. But DJ Moore was put in a situation last week with a horrific matchup going up against Jair Alexander. And I think this week you are going to see the Bears potentially playing more from behind. Tampa Bay played really rough and getting the ball in DJ Moore's hands. I have him at 20. Jake has him at 29. So this is like a full, I'm out. It didn't look good. Um, You guys can kind of dig through all the other guys that are um, above him. But the consensus ranks is in the middle. So consensus ranks has him at 25 and a half PPR. I think you're going to get a heavy dose of DJ Moore ball in his hands. And this will be a better opportunity from a secondary standpoint than it was with Green Bay. So I think DJ Moore 
is a pseudo wide receiver, mid wide receiver too. So I have him very high. That's where me and Jake disagree. Where do you break the tie between us? This is one where I'm just going to completely depart from you. I have him actually worse than Jake. I have okay. him at wide receiver 32. And it's just not, it's not DJ Moore. I'm just out on Justin Fields as a, as a good, yeah. as a good passing quarterback. Look at, I mean, DJ Moore. That's why you got Tua, by the way, at five, because Fields is definitely behind him then this week. Yeah. Tua's, I mean, Tua's ahead of, yeah, Fields in my mind. Although Fields could obviously make it up on the ground. Um, and he's still got that factor, obviously. But look, at, I mean, DJ Moore had 60 some catches for 800 and some yards playing a full season last year. And the only reason he was a wide receiver too was because he found the end zone seven times. But like that saved his bacon. That was with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Like those are bad quarterbacks. I actually think Justin Fields might be a worse passer than those guys. So, like, you know, look at last year with Chicago. They had the fewest running back catches, and those aren't hard passes for a lot of guys. I think it's hard for because I, I know the whole narrative around DJ Moore is they're going to use him in ways that can manufacture Justin Fields' completions. But I think he has trouble throwing into the flats in that way. I think he's a decent deep ball thrower. But when you haven't put touch and in, in, in timing out into the flat, like Chicago had the least running back catches, and it wasn't like they had bad guys catching the ball. Devon or David Montgomery and, and Khalil Herbert can catch the ball. I just don't think Khalil Herbert's or uh, Justin Fields is good at throwing those passes. So then it becomes DJ Moore is going to have to do it down the field. I just. Like, I just am out on Justin Fields right now. I'm not saying he can never get it, but right now I don't think he has it. Yeah, and I think a big key long-term will be to see how do they adjust off of that because that's a pretty blatant thing to go into week two understanding. And if it is ignored again, then I think it is going to probably tell you even more maybe his comfortability or the offense's comfortability in making him do that because that would, to me, seem like a pretty clear, let's rectify that this week. Let's get the ball in Khalil Herbert's hands behind the line of scrimmage. Let's screen pass it to DJ Moore. Let him make some plays for us. And if they don't do that, it probably it's an tells the yeah, narrative we'll see. that you're talking about. We'll see, about. yeah, let's watch it. Yeah, exactly. That's why they play the game. Uh, just from a tight end perspective, I just want to throw out, I personally love Sam Laporta this week against Seattle. I love Luke Musgrave against Atlanta. Those are two of my favorite tight ends that are a little bit lower, might even just be kind of floating out there. I kind of really love those rookies in general. And Hayden Hurst really proved to be a guy. I don't know if you have any tight ends. Uh, I didn't even rank my tight ends yet because you didn't even have it on the sheet. I for- totally forgot. I, know, I, didn't I haven't got that far, but uh, I don't dislike uh, the guys that you mentioned. I actually was... I was actually kind of encouraged by the the tight end rookie class in week one. They all kind of did something to say, okay, I can see, I can see this being a, a really strong group. Like everybody has said. So uh, building on that momentum in week two makes a lot of sense. You're looking for tight end ranks. You're looking for a more deeper in-depth look as far, as far as where Jake goes. Well, we give you insight where we disagree, find out where you disagree or agree over at the athletic you can uh, get a subscription today for like a buck a month. I, I, like I said, I think that deal just pops up right when you go. You can go to All In Kid uh, for Jake's Twitter handle. You can click on his article and you can sign up right there, have access to all of it, and you can joyously win every single week. And you can check out the insane comment section. And if you have an opinion on the um, the finishers, the wrestling <laughs> finishers, are definitely going to be people in there that are going to be on that. So go check that out. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. We are here every Tuesday and Thursday for waivers and then ranks and we appreciate you hanging out with all of us find brandon on twitter at brandon funson me at is it the welsh good luck in week two and we'll talk to you next week right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast